This is the Jeopardy! Spotcast, recorded May 16th, 2019, just before the end of the two-week teachers tournament on Jeopardy! I'm Glenn Fleischman, a two-time Jeopardy! winner from late 2012. I'm a journalist and increasingly a type and printing historian. You can find me online at glennf, G-L-E-N-N-F, like frank.com. And with me are two other Jeopardy! alumni. We want to talk about James Holzhauer's remarkable run and how he plays the game differently in some from previous contestants. Tom Nisley won $235,405, well, plus 1000 on top of that, I should say, across eight games in late 2010, and he remains the number nine all-time regular play winner. He won $100,000 as well in the 2011 Tournament of Champions, placing second to Roger Craig. Tom also answered the question of, how do you afford to start a bookstore uh, these days by using Jeopardy money to buy a retiring couple store and reopen it as Finney Books in Seattle? The store opened a sister store in books in a bookstore free neighborhood in Seattle, Madison Park, just weeks ago. We're recording this live at Finney Books, and you can find that online at finneybooks.com, P-H-I-N-N-E-Y books.com. Uh, Tom spent a decade at Amazon and wrote the book, A Reader's Book of Days. And Matthew Amster Burton is a food writer, novelist, and podcaster. He's written several books, including Hungry Monkey, A Journey of Learning to Cook and Eat with His Then Young Child. Uh, pretty good number one and our secret better lives he co-hosts the food comedy podcast spilled milk matthew can be found at matthew amster burton that's matthew a-m-s-t-r-b-u-r-t-o-n.com and matthew has the signal pleasure of playing amazingly well in a jeopardy match on april 8th 2019 when it aired in which he racked up a terrific final score of seventeen thousand six hundred dollars before final jeopardy and was also one of james holtzauer's first victims uh, guys, thanks for getting together for this, uh, what do we call it, Spot Podcast. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for coming to the store. Thanks thanks for hosting. So um, I think this started because Matthew and I were talking about his game after he played, and, uh, and then Planet Money ran a piece about uh, James Holzhauer, which was hilarious because the host was... Uh, like uh, related not by blood yeah, kind to James. of kind of brother-in-law once removed brother-in-law in law ish yeah, and um, exactly. but we want to talk a little more about money and strategy because i know matthew has a lot of opinions about this and tom uh, you play these great games and um and we're in kind of this amazing thing james at this writing has won uh, nearly 1.7 million dollars over 22 games he's running at a pace that is uh twice that of ken jennings if he continues to play he'll have uh, he'll wind up beating Ken on in about 33 games in, I believe is the figure we're looking at, uh, compared to Ken's 74. So what makes James's style so different than other players? Well, in, I mean, in a sense, it's not different. So he's, he's built on what some other players have done before. So, you know, he, uh, he hunts for daily doubles like Arthur Chu and Chuck Forrest. The, the one innovation I think he's made is starting consistently at the bottom of the board in single jeopardy to try and rack up as much money as possible before hitting the first daily double. Uh, yeah, that's a subtle difference. I think the other, I guess the other difference is just the volume of his bets. Yes. You don't get to 77,000 as your average game just by playing well, just by uh, looking for daily doubles. Right. You have to go all in as much as you can. And I think that that is, that's what kind of put the, uh, just put the fear of God in my, yeah. <laughs> in my head when I watched him. Yeah. Within a couple of days, you're like, I mean, Roger Craig, I thought brought an amazing style to that. And also, um, yes. Alex, oh, why am I blanking his name? Uh, Jacob. Jacob. Yeah. Alex yeah. Jacobs. They both had that style of like, we are, and Alex is also a professional gambler or knew how to gamble professionally. 
and just that bit of like, there is nothing about this money that I'm going to lose. So I have right. no connection. Right. I, it's sort of a detachment from it <laughs> that I think someone with that professional uh, ability to like wage. Lo- I, I, my kids are like, what is a professional gambler? I'm like, it's somebody who spends a million dollars to make $30,000. Right. And so it's less important to him. Yeah. I mean, I was, I, I could say I was about two feet away from the, uh, the birth of James, uh, when Roger Craig in the finals of our tournament of champions, uh, there were gasps in the audience. He, he went all in on a daily double and then his next clue, he got another daily double and he went all in again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was, I mean, the first time that it had ever been done. Uh, and I think that really, and his success, I think laid the foundation for people like Alex and James. It's really terrifying though, to watch <laughs> like from a couple things. I, I want to talk about the playing the board style actually, as, as well as the betting, which is, when I first was watching his games, I'm like, I, in my head, I was like, why is he going to the bottom of the board first? I'm used to the hunting style. And, and since Arthur Chu, I think more players will do that. And I've seen in casual gameplay, some people will hunt a little after a certain point. Right. But I was like, why is he going to the top clues? You don't know what the category is about. You're not used to it. You know, what's the deal? And then I'm like, oh, of course, he's trying to get five or 10 grand, double it, and then have a dominating position. But do you think other people will pick that up now? Well, so I think we people ask that question uh, a lot after Arthur Chu played, I think, um, and after you know some other kind of prominent champions who who had an individual style played, and it's always kind of reverted to the mean afterwards. And I suspect it probably will again, although we haven't seen a champion at quite this level before. So who knows? It was interesting that the the most competitive game he had uh, was it was on a Monday, which, as Jeopardy heads know, is the first day of. First game of taping. Yep. So you would think that it's people who don't know what they're getting into who have not seen him play before, but the guy whose name I forget, Alex? Uh, Adam. Adam. Um, oh, yeah. Who gave him a really good game had actually seen the previous day's yes. taping because he had been bumped. Um, and he played he yes. played pretty much like James. Um, so at least when people are playing James, <laughs> they're going to have to play like James because <laughs> I don't think you can survive any other way. Right. I will be curious. I think it will change. What and I think I'm sure we'll get into this. The thing you can't copy from James, and I think the thing that's actually underrated in everybody wants to talk about the betting and the, the hunting. He knows everything in yes. a way that no other player, except probably Ken, has ever done. Like if yeah, you look- and if you think about the math of that, it's very interesting because you know Jeopardy is you know the reason it's an entertaining show to watch for the average person is because it's a relatively easy trivia show, and if you know if they put up two boards with with very hard trivia that nobody at home knows no one's going to watch that so so they make it so what do you do you know what the figure is like the average viewer knows maybe 30 percent something like oh, that I, I thought 50%. it was higher i think it's the idea for, well for viewers know, for viewers average now i don't i don't know that number um yeah. so so anyway but it's relatively yeah. easy and the average player is good at trivia and knows you know two-thirds three-quarters probably to to go from that point to being that far above average, you don't just have to know a little bit more trivia. You have to know several times as much trivia. Well, like I'll- to go, you know, if I, if, if I know, uh, if, you know, if I'm a good Jeopardy player and I know uh, 50 out of 60 on an average, average game, and I want to go up to 55 out of 60, I basically have to double my trivia knowledge. Yeah, I want to dig into this because the stat is uh, 
James is 97% accurate. So he's got that. We'll talk about mm -hmm. that too. That he doesn't ring in almost ever when he really doesn't know the answer or isn't pretty sure. He's uh, 49 out of 53 correct daily doubles, 95% correct in final jeopardy. That's the most amazing stuff. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it tells you more <laughs> it about the knowledge. Those, because when you can't defer and not answer, I was mentioning that to my wife because it's sort of, you forget that when you get a daily double, you have to answer. It's the only time you're required to answer or yes. in final jeopardy. And it, it puts people on a spot because you get not endless amount of time. Although I have seen there are, in the teacher's tournament, there are a couple of people really push the time. Like it was five, six seconds. Yes. And I was like, I'll need an answer. But I mean, technically, I'm not sure. I think the way they told the show. But, but that issue is, let's say that stat that you said, Matthew, let's say that um, James knows five or 10% more and it requires that much more effort. If two or three people at any time, uh, two or three of the contestants at any time know the answer, James is always one of the people, one of those two or right. three. And that makes the difference because the other player, it's the Monty Hall game practically, is one of the other players half the time doesn't know the answer. And it's, unless it's a very strong other player, it's going to be one or the other. So he's always going to dominate in that situation. Yeah, one thing that I told myself to psych myself up before going on the show was, oh, you know, uh, it's e going to be easier to play in the studio than to play at home because at home I'm playing against three people. And when I get there, I'm only going to be playing against two people. I didn't know one of those people was going to be <laughs> the equivalent of three regular Jeopardy players. Right. No, Otherwise, it would have been good reasoning. Yeah, it's like, I mean, I, I think people do, like people both overplay and underplay James's uh, knowledge and he's pretty self-deprecating about it i i think he's um i'll tell a funny story i think i told matthew this already uh, at some of the point is i went for a global uh, entry interview down at uh, at the airport for uh you know where you can get expedited uh, airport entry and uh the guy interviewing me um perfectly nice guy we're chatting and he's going over stuff you know it's like a three-minute process that just gets you in person and he said uh oh he said uh what kind of stuff do you write about and i'm like well i gotta be careful it's the government i'm not gonna tell him i'm not i'm not an investigator I'm like well i write about the history of type and this and that and and whatever he said, well, that's a lot of, that seems like a lot of stuff you have to remember. You should be on Jeopardy. And I said, well, actually I was. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. no. And so we get in this long conversation. And what comes out though, that's most interesting to me is this guy says, well, people have been telling me my whole life I should be on the show. And I read a book, a sports kit trivia as a kid, and I've never forgotten anything in it. And I said, you need to audition. Oh, yes. And that was my reaction watching James just like a few weeks later after this interview was like, James clearly does not forget almost anything. And so it's, he's both, he says he only, he mostly reads books written for kids about facts, but I think it's coupled with that an incredible uh, information retention. Yes. And, re and immediate recall. Yeah. Yes. And you can see one, one of the reasons uh, we respect James at home, even though he uh, knocked off dad, is uh, <laughs> that he's very good in children's literature categories, yeah. which the average Jeopardy contestant is not. But here's the thing. It'll be a daily double. And Alex will be like, you know, this blah, 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 blah. He'll be, what is the Bhagavad Gita? And you're like, mm -hmm. just, there's no pause. You don't even see the synapses going. He is just out of it. And I don't have that. I've never had that kind of reactive speed. Yeah, and well, I'm I'm over the hill now. If I went back on the show, yeah, me too. My, I think I peaked in mid mid thirties. But uh, but that changes the whole betting strategy too. Is you know no one else. I mean, I went up against I went up against bouncers. I went up against one of the probably the best player that I played has turned out to be very much in the trivia world and a friend of yeah. other guys I know who who played really well. Uh, and he bet ten thousand on a daily double and got it wrong. Yeah, and I think he was ahead of me at that point, and that saved. Save me. Um, I mean, you can only bet that way if you have the juice behind it. I mean, when he first when he first went on and he was just swinging wildly and winning big, I was like, "That's a high risk strategy." You know, you might win a lot, but and I'm I'm curious how the math works out. Uh, 
you might win a lot, but then you're only going to last. Like Roger Craig, right? Better player than me, yeah. didn't win as many games as me because I think he swung for the fences more than I did. And uh, but you can swing for the fences if you hit it every time. <laughs> I mean, ninety five percent on Final Jeopardy's ice. So That's I pulled crazy. some stats. Oh yeah, yeah. So I Final Jeopardy actually is my my strength. So mm-hmm. I and. If I'm annoyed at James for one thing, it's that he took my one little Jeopardy record away, which was most most correct final Jeopardies from the start of your career. Oh. And I got my first eight right, I think. Oh, that's great. Uh, And he has got me, he's gotten one wrong, two wrong, I forget. Well, let's see, 95%. Yeah, so he got his first like 18 or 19 right. Yeah. Uh, So Matt, who was uh, Alex Jacob, who we were just talking about. His final Jeopardy percentage is 29%. Now, I don't know if he was making oh, gags really? when he had the game wrapped up. Sometimes that can affect the stats. But, yeah. I mean, even great players can 68%. No, really? Uh, oh, but he had so many runaways, right? That yeah. was so maybe thing. he was also joking. Austin, yeah. Austin Rogers, 92. He's the only person mm-hmm. that's even in James's league. Uh, 89%, thank you. Um, <laughs> Very nice. Uh, Arthur Chu, 50%. Mm-hmm. Matt, Matt Jackson, 57%. I mean, these are the greatest oh, Jeopardy wild. players of all time, and he's almost double their percentage. Yeah. That's, and and it's not, we're not talking about small numbers anymore either. I mean, yeah. he's played 22 games. That is, I think, the underrated thing about him, oddly enough, is that he's really good. Yeah. No, I mean, it was... I, I'm glad I lost to him because there's no second guessing involved. Like if I if they let me go back in for a second shot, I would lose again for sure. Yeah, yeah. Although, but the thing, and this is the statistical oddity: if you were playing like 97 out of 100 other people in a given period of time, you would have won. You were playing a very strong game. I'm not talking you up, Tom. You saw, I don't. Did you see? Matthew's game. It was very good. It was very solid. We are I wouldn't there. say 97 out of 100, well, but I, I, I were, played were, pretty well. It was a yeah. top tier. You played, I'm going to say this. You played better than I did. I, I got by, I keep saying this, I got by by the skin of my teeth. Someone made a bad daily double bet on the first mm-hmm. day. And the second, I just, I had the wrong day, uh, wrong final jeopardy and threaded the response. So I'm glad I went to, I'm proud of it. But I don't think I was a very strong player. I think I was very lucky with a good knowledge base. And Matthew, I think you played a very strong game. And most of the time, that game you played against with the same board against somebody else or two other people, you probably would have won. And yeah. that that's the thing. So I think you should be very, and I think <laughs> there's you. been a lot of people across this run too. We've seen some very strong players. Oh yeah. And some of them try to, to mimic. Now I don't remember exactly. Did you try to follow James's strategy? It was too early, right? You were playing the first game of the day you arrived. So I definitely went in intending to basically to play like Arthur Chu. So mm-hmm. I'd read, I'd read all of Arthur's blog posts. I was a fan of, of his run on the show and I'm like, okay, you know, if I ever get on Jeopardy, I'm going to hunt for daily doubles and I'm going to either bet aggressively on the daily double if I, if I think I have a good shot or if it's a category that I've been failing all the way through, I'm going to bet $5. And, you know, I, 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 had one, I had one opportunity to do that because I did hit the daily double in single Jeopardy and I did make it a true daily double and I was so glad I got to say that. Yeah, yeah that's fun. Um, so, so, yes, basically not... You know, I I had not figured out that uh, that it was smart to to uh, try and collect money from the bottom of the board. I don't know if I would have done as well with that strategy as he does. Um, but uh, basically, I, I went in hoping to play sort of standard aggressive Jeopardy strategy. So let's say tomorrow, Tom, you get the call and say, "Hey, we uh, we made a mistake, and we need to get you back on the regular show mm-hmm. for a run." Oh. And you were back on there, and you were in your early 30s, whenever you played, you feel you're at your peak. It's a time machine, too. Time machine error. 
Do you adopt this strategy? Would you have the 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 guts and glory to go that's, for the James? That's a good question. If I was playing James, I think I think I would have to. But I would have to. I really, because I'm an old school player, and I I didn't really think it through because I I mean I knew there was some daily double hunting, but mm-hmm. it wasn't even a thing the way it is you know pre James. Uh, but I, with all going in order, was one way for me of blocking out. There's so much chaos. Sure. Yeah, and yeah. the only that was, and for me, I think one thing I did well, one reason I did pretty well was that I was fairly relaxed. Um, and but the one reason I do that was by playing the way I wanted yep. to play. And if I was going to have to, I think I would have to survive. I would have to try playing like him, but I would have to think it through, and I have to get, kind of develop a comfort level and practice, and uh, because I don't need any extra stress standing right. up there. Yeah. Um, so, but uh, yeah, so I, I, I don't know. I, I never, ch- I, you know, I went back for a few tournaments. I was playing against people who I know play that way. And I still stuck for better or worse mm-hmm. yeah. to my, uh, somebody, uh, Neil Pollock, another fellow uh-huh. oh, yeah, champion yeah. and writer, uh, he did a piece somewhere online and he said it was the end of the dead ball era with James. And I think that's a pretty good, I'll be curious because mm-hmm. as we talked about whether this s- sustains with other players, but. Uh, it just feels like somebody figured out, oh, you can hit home runs in a way that it was kind of sitting there the mm-hmm. whole time. Right. Uh, and now people are going to be swinging in a different way. And I feel like I'm a real bunt, you know, <laughs> steal second <Yeah>. base, <laughs> hope for a sacrifice fly, uh, base by base kind of player for better or worse. And, you know, I, I probably would have sucked post Babe Ruth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my friend um, Stacy Cowley, who's a writer for the New York Times uh, and who I uh, watched with when my when my episode was on, uh, we were talking about daily doubles afterwards, and she she said um, the way she thinks about it is, uh, what if instead of the daily double being hidden, there was like a five thousand dollar clue on the board that anyone could choose, and only you get to to answer? Oh, it. wild! Um, would you would you still step down through each category and uh, and hit it kind of randomly, or would you go straight to it? Um, if you're if you're not going straight to it, why aren't you hunting for daily doubles? And I thought that was an interesting way of thinking about it. I, but I thought, at the same time, I t- I totally get what you're saying. What you're saying, Tom, and like the sort of ha- getting in the right mindset and playing your own style is not something you can underestimate. I think this and is getting that buzzer zen. Which yes, again, which oh, yeah. I did not get. Yeah, oh, yeah. And I've had it. I had it in some games. I yep. didn't have it in other games. And it, it's not something for me that got better or worse. It actually, I felt like it got worse. You just get off yep. your game. And if you don't answer a few times or you don't get in, then you get frustrated and you lose your. Yeah, absolutely. Composure. That happened to me. So I, I beat James to the buzzer a bunch of times in single jeopardy and very few times in double jeopardy. Yeah. And that was, is that his second or third game? That was his that third, third game. game. Yep. So he was still. Uh, getting a hold of it, I, you know. I would say, um, Tom, I play very much like you. I played very much like you, and I would probably have stuck to it. But I think when I watched Arthur Chu, I felt um, I think a lot of people there were you know all kinds of issues swirling around him, and was there racism, and was a reaction to you know his face went kind of affectless, which and it's, that's his uh, Twitter account. It's Arthur Affect is a, the joke, right? And I get that too. That sometimes I'm concentrating very hard, and you look like you have no, you don't care about anything. I think James gets into that mode too, where his, he doesn't appear to have any joy. And what he's doing, but he clearly does because then he laughs or he's, yeah. you see the relief drain out of his body. So the thing about Arthur though is, to my mind, when he, like, I was trying to understand how he was playing. And I thought, you know, in his head, he's able to deconstruct the board and visualize it in a non chaotic way. 
because he was playing it very consistently. And I don't think I had that ability. I think the thing I would do differently if I were to play again is I would probably start, unless I was playing against the player who was aggressively starting at the bottom, I would probably start at the top. But as soon as I got the rhythm, I would go bam to the bottom and work my way up mm -hmm. and start collecting. It's sort of like um, power ups, right? You're kind of like, all right, I need to know how to jump off this platform, jump off the platform. All right, I got the knack. And now I'm going to go for all the cherries and grab them all and then get the double bonus. And then I would have uh, hunted, but I think it would have still required, I would have had to really psych myself up to do that. And get your feet wet before yeah. you. Before you yeah, I definitely him. would have done that. Yeah. But if you're playing against James, you don't have a chance. He's like, that's already off their feet <laughs> right. right away. Um, we were talking earlier about, uh, what we we're talking about, there's two things we should still talk about, which is um, buzzer action, but also uh, bringing in with the wrong answer mm -hmm. action. The buzzer, I mean, you know, when I tell people, before I play Jeopardy, I don't think I understood this as well, even though I read Bob Harris's book, which I think breaks it down super well, is that it's, you know, at one level, it's a reality show. They're casting for... Yes. types another it's a trivia show and just you know it's timed but like imagine it could just be a trivia game another it's a game of physical skill it's also a game of physical endurance which i think people who don't play i mean tom you were in there yeah game what was that game. like so i was yeah. tired yeah. by the end of one game <laughs> yeah, exactly no, that's the thing that i i mean if you watch on a friday and someone has won yeah. most of the week you can see the fatigue i mean yeah. that, when i finally so ken jennings lives a few blocks from my store but we didn't oh. know each other before <laughs> The show. So one of the highlights of my little run was I got an email from Ken saying, great job. And uh, so we become friends. And the first thing I asked him was the stamina. Yeah. Like, how do you sustain five shows in a day? It's the most stressful, exciting, weird thing that's ever happened to you. You're going to, millions of people are going to watch you. Yeah. Uh, and it's physically and mentally, but almost more physically draining. You're standing up there. You're, you're you know, you have to be on the whole time. Uh, you're changing your clothes. Yep. <laughs> you're thinking of a stupid, the thing, the most stressful thing is thinking of another stupid story to tell. Oh, yes. <laughs> and I ran out because my life hasn't been that interesting. Uh, but so, so the stamina, like on Fridays, I thought that's, I think that's why I lost. I was punchy. I lost on a Friday. I was overconfident. But I also, I'm thinking about, oh, we're down here with my kids. What are we going to do tomorrow? Like, I'm going to have to get my clothes dry clean. Like, you, your brain starts to get weird at that point yep. and it, not rational. And James, I think mm -hmm. again, because he's a gambler, I think he's used he's to that. Used to that, yeah. that just managing that stress. Uh, obviously the money is, he's used to bit the money, but I think it's also just managing the decision-making. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. That over is, and he, over. Again. He's not burning adrenaline when he does it. Yeah. And all of us would be burning adrenaline yeah. about it. The, you did, if I remember right, you did four games and then had a long break and then five. Uh, just, Wednesday to Tuesday, so I came back. Oh, home. Wednesday to Tuesday. Okay, yeah. so you had a few days off. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about with with Ken in particular, and maybe Julia Collins, some other long term players, where you're doing five and five, like day, you know, Tuesday, yeah. Wednesday, or whatever. And yeah. thing, like I can understand even doing five in one day and then getting a week off or two weeks off, but that has to be brutal to get through that. Uh, and the other part, you know, for me, I played uh, the last two games of of a day, went off and did not drink, had a dinner, <laughs> yeah. went to bed, got up the next day, go to play. And I, I apparently, I have a certain amount of brain chemistry and I depleted it. So yeah. my third game that Monday morning, I didn't have anything left. I'd run through yeah. it. So I'm yeah. like, what is an, a hibis an orchid? I'm like, I know it's a hibiscus. My brain is telling me hibiscus and the words came out wrong. Yeah. So even from that standpoint, it's yeah. just, you know, that's why, again, glad, glad I played when I did. The, um, but the, uh, the reflex thing is an interesting part too, is people have different strategies about when you buzz in and people listening to this podcast will probably realize 
or maybe not know that there's lights on both sides of the board mm-hmm. and they count, they, they, or they, um, uh, uh, they go on when you can buzz in. There's sort of signal that a producer has pressed the button and unlocked your buzzers. A lot of veteran players go by the Alex's tone and he's about to finish. So Tom, what was your pursuit for buzzer ring in? I, I, my, I think my, uh, I, would foc- I would try to read ahead. I would get a sense if I knew the answer. Mm-hmm. And then I would focus on the last syllable he was going to say. So I would just have that in my mind, the last word. And then when I hear that, kind of try to time. And basically, you're not only timing Alex, you're timing the guy in the back room. Yeah. So right. there's, it's someone, not only does Alex finish talking, but you, have, you just have to get in some kind of bio sync with that guy in the control room right. who's turning on the light. Um, but it was, the more I thought about it, the less good I got at it. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, yes. yeah. I mean, it's, it really is a Zen thing, just a, a subconscious rhythm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for me, I felt like um, I, I mostly watched the lights because I felt like I didn't know how much I could trust the consistency mm-hmm. of the of the rhythm of Alex's voice to the lights going on. And you know, if 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 I if I could ever be on the show again, which I can't, um, <laughs> I would I would probably like mix that strategy up a little. Yeah, and I think uh, that's why um, uh, during Ken Jennings' run, the producers shifted to add more practice. But I believe, if I remember right, before Ken started winning a lot. They did not have the actual producer or, or judge who was pressing the button during practice. Oh, okay. If I'm remembering the yeah. story right. And so now when they do the practice rounds, the person who presses it during the actual, uh, when Alex oh, is doing interesting. it, is actually pressing it. So the timing is the same as well. Uh, I could be wrong, but I remember hearing that uh, several years ago, and that was supposed to help make sure people could learn some of the timing. That makes sense because I, I've had several people ask me that question. Like, you know, I've heard that, you know, during the Ken Jennings era, they started <laughs> giving people more buzzer training. And I was like, buzzer training you know they let us play a couple of practice rounds but like that doesn't really constitute buzzer training that would make sense as something that would actually make a difference yeah and uh and then there's all everyone has a different buzzer style some people like to hold it behind their back Mm -hmm. some people hold it in a weird way i mean i did the uh the classic pen training thing i had the pen clicky clicky pen uh um you mentioned uh, tom that um the issue about reading ahead and i think that was one of bob harris's key insights in prisoner of trebekistan and something I used, I think, to great advantage, I did far better by having remembered that, is that you don't need to listen to Alex. Why do you listen to Alex? He's just right. reading it for the people yep. at home. Uh, you read ahead, you analyze it. Uh, I was telling my kids, we were watching some category, the category came up, and I said, oh, here's the point at which you flood your name. You're like, you remember every Russian musician. Like, you go Tchaikovsky, Rachmaninoff, Stravinsky. <laughs> that, was, that was last night's that was last Final night. Jeopardy. <laughs> That's exactly right. And of course, and I got it right. Stravinsky, right yep. of spring. I'm like, it's a right. They're saying it's a right. But often, I mean, that's that whole thing too of like, you have to analyze the clues. I don't think that James is even doing that. Like, I think he has a holistic ability to see it. And then he just has the answer in his head. And that also sort of defeats, mm-hmm. if, if you hesitate at, at the least, you know, you're ready to right. buzz in. Even if you give it a millionth or you know a thousandth of a second hesitation, he's already buzzed in with better timing and more assurance too. Yep. Yeah, I mean, the more you know, the less you hesitate. Right. That, yeah. You, know, you just have that confidence that it feeds into everything else. Yeah, that feeling of uh, I, I assume I assume you encountered this occasionally um, of reading ahead and feeling like I almost know this and I'm not sure if my brain's going to get there in time. Yeah. That's very frustrating. That's exactly yeah. it. And um, we were talking earlier about this ringing in wrong answer and and. <laughs> I forgot that they're doing construction oh, upstairs. That's funny. That <laughs> the um the James was uh uh accurate ninety seven percent of the time. And that is one of the key things. You know, it's they always say you basically lose double if you ring in wrong. Uh and 
it feels like that's a disciplined strategy. How do you yep. both feel you did with not answering, not ringing in when you didn't know the answer? Yeah, that was my other, I think my other strength was, and that was the one bit, as, as I was saying beforehand, uh, my friend Megan Lynch, who's a, an editor at, uh, at Echo, she was at Riverhead, and uh, she was on, she didn't win, but she said the one thing is don't guess. And that was in my head. Um, and I see, other, I see other players guessing, and especially when you lose or you just don't get in, uh, you, uh, you feel like you have to say something. You have to show the people in America that you know something. Right, right. And uh, you dig yourself a hole. Uh, so that, and that also adds kind of to the relaxation, just the calmness is there, are, you know, I know plenty of things. Mm -hmm. I don't know this thing. Right. That's fine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that, 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 was, that was crucial. Um, yeah, the game that I played, uh, uh, the thing that Alex said when he came over to chat with us afterwards was uh, there were very few wrong answers that game. I yeah, like that. I yeah. think there were two wrong answers the whole game. Um, and uh, one of them, James and I both got it wrong. It was something, something about puncture-resistant uh, gas tanks. We, oh, my God. That's hilarious. How, yes, how was that, on, that not, not, not on your study list? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> um, and I don't remember what the other one was. I think it was in Double Jeopardy. Um, but, uh, yeah, I... Uh, when I when I auditioned for Jeopardy, um, I can't remember if I said this earlier on mic or what we were setting up. Um, uh, the the thing I did the most wrong at the audition was during the during the mock game, I buzzed in and got something wrong, and then immediately got into this mindset of I have to correct this as soon as possible, and my finger just started buzzing in on the next clue, even though I had no idea what the answer was. And so after that, I'm like, okay, I'm probably not going to get on Jeopardy because of that performance. But if I do, I am going to remind myself over and over, if you don't know, just wait. You'll know another one. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is the thing, is, as we were saying, is most people, you know, it's, it, among the three of us, we probably know the answers. Two of the three of us know the answer to almost any question yep. that would have come up. Uh, but it's hard to remember that at the time, and you feel like you're losing something, but you're going to lose twice as big. That's the thing, is if you're wrong, and then the other person can get it right, and then it even makes it that much bigger. You're down $1,200. They're up another $1,200. And, you know, it's a nightmare. Um, the, the thing uh, I come back to with Jeopardy a lot is, especially in the more recent games I've been watching, is they try to make it not very obscure, right? They're making yep. answer questions yes. that people can answer at home. But then occasionally be stuff where we're just like, really? Like, how many people <laughs> know that answer? The reason, yep. <coughs> excuse me, the reason I won is the person uh, who is the leader, and she had a runaway, she bet a daily double, and the answer was, you know, this 13-letter word describes the, uh, the uh, science of reading tree rings. You know, it's dendrochronology. I'm never going to mm -hmm. forget that. She didn't know that. How many people, at the, at the viewing party I had, one of my friends yells out, dendrochronology. And he's like, how do you know that? My father was a forester, right? <laughs> nice. But I feel like dendrochronology clues are pretty rare. In watching the game now, do you think they're doing more of that to mix things up? Because I feel like I'm seeing more hmm. questions um last night so so uh i don't know if this is true at your houses but i bet it is that uh, the best thing that can happen during jeopardy watching at home is when someone in the family knows a triple stumper oh and, yeah and you feel smarter than all the jeopardy champions <laughs> on your tv so i know uh, last night's on last night's uh, teacher tournament episode uh uh we at home we knew perihelion and uh, and none of the contestants did I don't have the sense that there are more of those than there used to be. Perihelion was the one I was thinking of, in fact, is I thought, <laughs> sure. I thought that's a little hard. Like, it's not obscure, but it's specialized. Yeah. I would be surprised if they adjust their writing strategy mm -hmm. at all to, for him. Or, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they live through Ken, like, I, and they have a, it's very systematic the way they work. So yeah. I would expect they're going to keep it. But that was also a thing I, I kept in mind 
for Jeopardy is they don't ask trick questions. Right. Or almost right, right. never. If you, if they, the answer is almost always the obvious answer. Right. And they're not trying to trick you. Um, maybe in a final Jeopardy they right. will. But, but in, you know, if you think you know the answer, it's probably the answer. I, I did notice on one of the teacher's tournament games, I forget, I think it was uh, one of them, that they actually, the judges overturned themselves twice in one mm-hmm. game, which I thought was pretty rare. And it was significant sums. Wow. I don't know if it affected the outcome of the match. I'm trying to remember, but it was, uh, it's, it seemed to be very odd. Yeah. Um, because they, they keep that. I mean, I think that happened once during the three games I played. Do you remember, did it happen during either of your times? Uh, we had, I definitely had something turned over. My first game I had, there was a, the longest wait I ever had was in single jeopardy. Alex thought that I had not answered in the form of a question. Oh, I, oh, oh. Uh, or I had done it once and maybe, you know, they forgive you the first time or something. I forget. Right. But oh, yeah, yeah. He was sure that I hadn't and the judges ruled for me. Yeah. But watching wow. it, I like barely like, yeah, I barely said it. Let's but that, that kind of, <laughs> that could have set me back <laughs> on my heels. But in a way, it was, it was early and I just got a chance to catch your breath. But mm-hmm. uh, that does happen. And I've yeah. seen it, you know, I've been to a lot of shows and there that can, that can make a big, I remember Roger Craig got, credit for paleo conservative yes oh, i remember that too yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, no that happens and it can swing oh, your game a little bit one. yeah we had a five minute timeout during one of my games i think someone said wickersham hall and it should have been wickersham and they listened over and over oh, because yeah. i mean they can't ask you they said do you say sure or sir it's like yeah i know yeah. so they listened and listened and listened finally like you know we really tried but they seem very fair about it i mean yeah. i think that's one yeah. of the yeah i think so <clears throat> i don't feel like anybody there is gunning i mean all the staff kept telling us like we really want you to win as much yes. money as possible. Yeah. And I feel like that's a genuine sentiment. Yeah. And I love, I mean, I always have to give a shout out to the staff. Oh, oh they're everybody amazing. Everybody knows Alex, yeah. but I mean, Maggie Speak is a legend. She's um, so Anyone great. who's been on the show, she remembers everybody. She remembers your kids. I wish she was my friend for life. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, she's just you kind of so feel neat. like she is. Yeah. 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 No. And I asked her once, she's going through something. I said, I said, Maggie, when did you first realize you had a photographic memory? She said, I don't have a photograph of memory. I said, you have just recited a thousand details about people, some of whom played 15 years before. She's like, oh. Only for that. <laughs> yeah. But I thought perfect person. If there the was show. a Jeopardy for Jeopardy contestant, <laughs> Maggie would be the James. No, <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, may I ask a question while you're, while you're uh, fixing your headphones? <laughs> Sorry, yeah, a peek behind the curtain. When, before you went on, uh, did you go in with a daily double strategy in mind? Not in terms of hunting for them, but how you were going to bet if you hit one. I went in with no strategies. I uh, I was I went in an extremely naive Jeopardy player. I didn't know there was a J archive. I mm-hmm. didn't know there was a Jeopardy discussion board. I didn't uh, I didn't know. I don't even think I knew there were bouncers. I I'd watched the show, but not religiously. Uh, I didn't really study very much, and I so I I kind of cherish my naivete in yeah. retrospect. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I think that's one thing that's changed that we could also talk about is. The analytics. Yep. I mean, it's so yeah, much yeah. like sports. I, I was uh, somewhere. James said his hero as a child was Bill James, the baseball stats writer. Oh my! Who gosh. was my hero as a child as well? Is he the inventor of sabermetrics? Or he's the inventor yeah, of sabermetrics. Yeah. Okay. Right, right. Yeah. And I was. Of course. I mean, when he started, I was thirteen. I was, <laughs> I was the right age. And uh, so he was my D and D. He was my nerd. Nice. Yeah, my yeah, nerd entry. But it's fascinating that James, much younger than me, also looks to him as a hero. But just the way that sports has changed, like, you know, basketball, I'm a huge basketball fan that 
uh, it's been transformed by analytics that, you know, taking a three pointer from the corner, it's shorter, your percentage yep. is higher. Yep. So now there's guys who specialize in that yep. skill yep. and are yep. making millions of dollars because they can hit a three from the corner. And I think what, in a way, what James, what Alex Jacob, what a lot of people are doing, it's part what Roger Craig did because he yeah, scraped, yeah. he scraped the J archive yep. and worked from that. Mm -hmm. uh, it's an analytics revolution. Um, and it's all because there's this stuff. I mean, I was amazed. I'm so that the J archive exists. Yeah, for it's people an amazing who don't resource. know, there's fans yeah. who, every game it's for the incredible. last 20 years. And for my vanity, it, I love that I can go back and see all my games yep. but, uh, and check my stats. Uh, but that totally changes the way you study. I think it actually, when I went back, I relied on the J archive too much for studying because mm -hmm. I'm not a computer science scientist like Roger, so I didn't scrape it. I just kind of looked over games after games yep. and I got too caught up in, oh, well, they never ask about this composer, but they do ask. I think you're much better off just reading. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that kind of, I went down a rabbit hole, but I think that changes strategy. There's just so much self-consciousness about how to play the game that even whatever, 10 years ago when I was on, mm -hmm. didn't exist. Did you do sports betting before you were on uh, Jeopardy? Uh, no, I'm not really. I'm not really better. I was well, so more sports, analytic. It's just got, a it's like my my dad. Generic, my dad can yeah. tell you any statistic about anything that's ever happened in sports mm -hmm. for the last hundred years. Right. He would actually do great on Jeopardy. In fact, I was like, Dad, why haven't you been on on Jeopardy? Um, I wish I had studied betting strategy more. Mm -hmm. That's once. That's a weak spot for me. The yeah. minute I watched Arthur Chu play, I said, Oh my God! If I had, if I had, just watched him play, I would have done better. I either would have mm -hmm. won more money mm -hmm. or won more games. I might have even enjoyed the experience more. And that's something I tell anybody. I, mean, I know a few people have auditioned. Matthew's the only person who I know who's gone on since then, I think. And, I'm, and, Matthew's, and my advice, Matthew, was like, oh, you know, just study popes and whatever. Right. Like, you, know, you know how to bet. That's not your problem. Yeah, no, but there's, there, I mean, there's a psychological component and a mathematical component. And so the thing I did going in was uh, tell myself, okay, if, uh, if I hit a daily double in single jeopardy, I'm going all in. Yeah, um, absolutely. But in the moment, that is going to be hard because I don't want to be seen losing all my money in front of millions of viewers. Um, so I told myself, here's what you're going to do. Don't look up at the scores. <laughs> Just, you know, take a moment, know that this is the right strategy, even if you happen to get it wrong and say, let's make it a true daily double. And I was able to do that in the moment because I practiced it ahead of time. Yeah, it's funny how much you're, yeah, I mean, if you, if you can just detach yourself, and we've already said, I think James can do this, that you perceive there are people watching you. And there's an, I mean, there's an audience, there's Alex yeah, giving you yeah. his stern There's so much self-consciousness available yeah. to you. Oh, yeah. Available <laughs> to you, yes. And if you can you withdraw can from yeah, that, yeah. yeah. I developed what I would call gregarious bladder while I was playing, and I had to <laughs> urinate more, not during the actual gameplay, but I think, I, I think I'm like, everyone else in the game is like, uh, this man on drugs of some kind because he's in the bathroom. A did they, did times. the staff have a song that they sang every time someone went to the bathroom? Because they did when I was on. What? No, really? <laughs> I don't remember That's that. Hilarious. That's an innovation. They, they are a good time. All right. So, what is your advice? I have a set of advice I give people, but I want to know okay. yours. What is your advice to someone? I got the call. They want me on the show. I'm going on in 30 days. What do you tell people? Uh, my basic, and I've done this too with people, and some have won. Uh, Ooh, so, don't guess. Uh, the other thing I say, which kind of relates a little to what you were saying about uh, uh, about going all in in your first daily double, the first half of the game doesn't really matter. Yeah, I don't think I understood that until yeah. recently. Isn't that terrible? Which like, is just so recently. relaxing yeah. to realize that because just the money 
is not there, you can you can be in third place in after the first half and easily come back. Yeah. Which also makes it easier to bet big in the first half because and that's I know, I mean when Roger, especially when Roger bet big against against us, it was a two day game. He knew he was good enough to earn it back, even if he got both of them wrong. Yeah. Um so and then the other thing I would say is relax. You know a lot. You wouldn't be on the show if you didn't know a lot. And those are all connected. Uh just, you know, get used to the game. Don't, don't, don't freak out and guess stuff you don't know. You know a lot. So it's all, it's, for me, it's so much psychological about relaxing. Uh, so it's less, and I'm not a good betting strategy person, and so I don't have any advice about that. I'm still a mess about how to figure out Final Jeopardy. That's what oh, we yeah. haven't gotten into, which James said hasn't been an issue because he, right. he just bets birthdays. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, that's the part where my brain shuts down, partly because you have a little more time. Like, yeah. For me, the release from that self-consciousness of the game is that it moves so fast, you, yeah. you forget yourself. The hardest parts were when the camera comes on you at the beginning and you have to think, do I smile oh, yeah. now? Do I not smile? Right. That's right. <laughs> anytime gave, you have I a gave chance, a goofy little wave. <laughs> it's, it's no other way to do it. And uh, unless you're, unless and you're Austin Rogers. Why, why am I doing this? Oh, yeah, yes. yep. right. uh, but it's the time when you have time to think that I lost my mind. Like yeah. Some of the final Jeopardies, I just overthought it. And then once I put my bed in, I was like, oh, my God. I did the math wrong. And I, I was... Oh, yeah, so yeah. that stuff drives me. Here, you guys will both get this. Let me give you the final Jeopardy. I did not get this right, but I won this. My second game was was uh, the first movie Turner Broadcasting aired. What would it be? I mean, come on. You know. You hear it, and it's like, once you hear it. Wizard of Oz. I think that's what I said. What do you think? Gone with the Wind. Gone with the Wind. Because yeah. it's it, Atlanta. Right, and it yeah. took me. He's like, oh, once you hear it, you're, yeah. I know, and you're like, oh, come on. Wizard I was of trying to think of a Jane the, Fonda movie. Yeah, but. Oh, it's, yeah, Wizard of Oz seems like the likely answer, but it's the daily. But you're like they they pick it's they always pick the I shouldn't say the obvious thing, but it's often the obvious thing. You're like he's it's Turner, it's Atlanta. Of course, it's gone. With you the know line. why I said Wizard yeah. of Oz because that was my final Jeopardy and I got it wrong. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so now that's that's going to be my my what I assume uh-huh. the answer is anytime I don't that's know right. something. Um, so, so Matthew, what advice do you give people? Now you've been on, you've gone through the Crucible. What do you tell people? Mostly the same things that Tom said, uh, that uh, they don't put people on Jeopardy who aren't smart. You, are, you know a lot of stuff. You know most of the stuff there. Relax. Um, learn a little bit about betting on daily doubles. You don't have to hunt for them if you're not comfortable with that. But if you, if you happen to hit one, be ready. with uh, Have a strategy in mind because, you know, not just because you can win that way, but because it can really throw you off if you hit it and you have this moment of like, I have this time and I don't know what to do. Right. And it's the first time in this game so far when I've, when I've been able to pause and lose my composure. <laughs> uh, and I guess, I, you know, it's have fun. <laughs> I know, yeah. I know how cliche it is, but like it is, it is such a treat to get to like step into your television yeah, and right. be on You're Jeopardy. You're actually playing the game. Yes. Yeah, no, that I say that too. That it's it's such a bizarre experience. It's such a unique experience, and it can be such a fun experience, but it can also be such a stressful. I mean, I, you see people. We're all on Facebook, probably with people who've been on the show, and uh, some of them are still scarred. They, oh, by, yeah, you yeah. know, I want to do this my whole life. I lost. I can't watch the show anymore, and yeah. things like that. Mm. And that's the that's that's. And maybe I would feel that way, but I don't. I, it's yeah. No, it should I, be a beautiful. It's it's such a wonderful thing to be part of. I went on, yeah. I lost, I yeah. still love the show. If, yeah. if if I'd lost that first game, I would still been delighted because the whole thing. I even like the audition. The audition was a hoot. Mm-hmm. I went into it just expecting I'm never gonna get on. I don't care. I had a great time. I had a great time playing. The staff is so great. 
Uh, you know what was funny to say you get to go on your TV is I described it to people afterwards. I said, this is like the scene in Willy Wonka. It's like your Mike TV. <laughs> and then Mike TV is a contestant. Paris, um, what's his name, is was a contestant on Jeopardy. And he lost. The actor? Really? Yeah, the oh, actor. Oh, Paris, Paris Lemon, I think his name okay. is. His wife had actually previously already played, and I think she'd won some games. I do tell people, I will say the one thing that I tell people is, I do tell people to memorize a few things. Yes. Which is popes, some wars kings and queens and it helped me because i was able to get a george i didn't win but i got a george the second out of it because i knew the rough periods of time but i saw that just the other day there was a question about the hundred years war it, there's a few things they like to come back yeah. to because there's soon to be general knowledge people get mutiny on the bounty yes it comes up you know, a lot Eero Eero sarnan is the only finnish architect yep. or his father so there's like a handful of things that you should know going in because they come up like every 10th game, they're going to ask yeah, one of yeah. those. I mean, there definitely are limited things you can study. Presidents, you have to know presidents. Mm -hmm. The thing but that I realized is geography in a oh, way, because yeah. that ties everything else. Geography and kind of having a sense of centuries when yep. things happen. But mm -hmm. geography ties everything else together. So if I was going to study one thing, I would study they, geography. Yeah, they I like learned capitals, all the world capitals, world capitals and have forgotten most of them since then. But right. I knew all of them for a couple of days. Yeah, seven day winner before me. She lost because she didn't know Uttar Pradesh, which I didn't know exactly at the time. And now my geographic knowledge is better. Um, well, gents, thanks for getting together for this for this spot cast, this one off mm -hmm. cast to talk about it. Tom Nisley is uh, his bookstore is Finney Books, and you should buy books from your local bookstore as we do. P-H-I-N-N-E-Y books.com in beautiful Seattle. Matthew Amster Burton is found at MatthewAmsterBurton.com and you should buy his books and listen to his podcasts as well. Thanks, guys. Thank Thanks, you fun. so much.